It's as if they are intentionally trying to do this. Almost every decision they are making is counterintuitive. They are going green and throwing that in the face of Saudi Arabia when it is the protection of the Saudi kingdom that gives us the world reserve status. So we tell Saudi Arabia, we're going green and in 2030, we're not going to need your oil anymore. And why do you think Saudi Arabia is joining with the BRICS, the Belt Road Initiative, and the Shanghai Cooperation Organization? Those three groups together comprise over 80, 80 85% of human population that's not going green. Here's the deal. You create all of this inflation, you step on interest rates, which creates distortions in asset prices, which blows up asset prices to the moon irrationally. And then you weaponize the dollar and you kick them out of SWIFT. So now when they realize, well, shit, we're almost 200 trillion in debt, we'll never pay it off. So they could fall on the sword and say, sorry, we made a bad mistake with monetary and fiscal policy, or it's those sons of bitches. It was Xi Jinping, it was Putin, it was OPEC, they did it to us. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the great Andy Sheckman returning to the program. We are going to take a zoom out look at the geopolitical situation, but we're also going to look at all the de-dollarization that's going on right now. I think looking at it from the actual moves that they're making, not just the rhetoric, the rhetoric, you got to get past the rhetoric and look at what they're actually doing. That tells you what's going on. The war is on all sorts of fronts, right? We know there's an info war. We know that there's a economic war, which is what we're going to talk about. Everything's economic war, really. That's where the power lies. And, and so you're seeing the war in Ukraine. You're seeing all these things. But it all ties back to the global reset of currency. And it's a fight for who's going to be in power of that. And this is kind of a sober uh, interview because we're looking at the dying of the American empire and what that means and what that means to us. And so many of Americans are very unaware of what's going on. And I suppose if they can just be kind of sheeped along and do their thing. But we're going to talk about that because that's sobering, too, because of the depopulation agenda and other agendas that are going on behind the scenes on top of this. It's it's scary. Everybody knows it's scary. But how do you protect yourself? And people are buying gold and silver like never before because at least it's something that you can preserve your wealth in. Where else are you going to put your money to preserve your wealth? There's cryptocurrencies, there's land, there's other assets. Yes, there's other places to put it, but nothing as good as the the precious metals as far as history shows. And it's what all the central bankers are doing. It's what they're all doing. That's why you got to look at their actions. The other thing that we're seeing is a lot of the mints are working. The American mint is working at half the capacity. It's very slow. The Austrian, the Canadian mint, those are struggling to... Well, they're just not producing. Uh, so uh, we're seeing a lot of issues there. The other, there's other mints, six, I think there's six to eight other mints around the world that are functioning and trying to produce and fill all the requirements. It's not going to be easy, folks, to get things. So you got to do it now. We don't know how much time we have. As Andy says, we're on borrowed time. We are on borrowed time. I don't know. Is it going to happen in the fall? Some people are thinking it's going to ha- happen at the end of 2023. We could wake up tomorrow probably going to happen on a Sunday, you know, during a weekend and we wake up on a Monday and our currency is suddenly hyperinflating and gold and silver suddenly is worth a lot more. So we, we just, we just don't know. We're kind of an uncharted, chartered territory, but 
it's just really important that you protect your wealth. We also talk about converting IRAs. I personally, my husband and I have an IRA that we are looking at converting. Actually, it's my husband, so I have to talk him into it, but he's serious about it. We're looking at converting our IRA that we have to silver and gold. We've been decoupling from dollars ourselves and doing things to protect our assets. We have land. We have cryptocurrency. I've been buying uh, gold and silver for since 2010. I've been doing it regularly. I've been doing it more lately. Um, but now we have this IRA that we are looking, we've got to get it out and we've got to protect it. So I'm hoping that you will follow suit and protect your own family and assets. Uh, everybody does this like a run on the bank. The dollar will collapse even more, but we're small potatoes. We really are. So let's protect ourselves because all these countries are doing it. They're de-dollarizing. Those are big deal. And we're going to talk about it. Us doing it doesn't, you know, all of us do it, but we're just a small, so many of Americans are uninformed. So I would like our, my audience to be informed and protected. Make sure you look at different avenues. We talk about how to convert an IRA at the end. I hope you listen to it, but you can also go to info at milesfranklin.com and learn how to do it yourself. Make sure you tell them that Sarah sent you. He promises me the best prices in the country and excellent service. It's part of making sure I don't ever get complaints. And when they know it's one of my listeners, they, they take care of you. Plus it's an affiliate of mine. I help support the show, but we have a really good working relationship and I never get complaints and they do not like me to see complaints. So they work really hard to make sure everybody's happy. And that to me, it means a lot. Okay, that being said, uh, Andy is going to be speaking at our Censored Conference, United for Free Speech. That's going to happen April 28th and 29th. We have Bill Binney, who's speaking. You know, he's the uh, Gage character in the Snowden movie, who was Snowden's mentor. We have other amazing people who are lining up to speak. So I really hope you go to that. We're trying to raise money to keep the lights on. When this happens, we need the lights to be on. Do you only want to be fed propaganda and have it be really hard to get information? Or do you want to be able to have a, a free society where we can be informed and we can mobilize and we can do something to take our country back and regain our freedoms? That's the choices we have here, people. That's why I'm focused on freedom of speech, because I know that, you know, it's like an octopus, all these arms, we have the election fraud, we have the COVID situation, we have the World Health Organization trying to take over global stuff, we have the CBDCs, we need to mobilize against that, we have so many things. Freedom of speech is a is more of a heart issue. It's like the belly of the octopus because without that, you can't take care of any of these other issues. You can't mobilize. We can't be informed. We can't help each other. That's why I'm focused on speech and why I believe it's so important. And, and I hope you join us in this cause. We have so many great people lining up. So again, you can go to United for Free Speech, sign up for the newsletter there, and you can learn about uh, you know when things are happening. It will be free on April 28th and 29th. We are going to be doing an encore, so it'll be free for a little bit. And then we ask that you buy tickets to help us raise money. You can also give us donations. The other thing is that Act 1 is already there. If you purchase a ticket, you'll be able to watch all of Act 1, which which is now behind the paywall. So please do that. Please support this cause. And remember to go to sarahwestall.com as well and read all the articles that I have there and sign up for my newsletter. Okay, let's get into this great show with Andy Sheckman. Hi, Andy. Welcome back to the program. 
Sarah, it's been way too long. It's great to see you. Thank you for having me back. And last time we did one of these, last two, I didn't get to see you. So it's nice to uh, actually see you this time. And I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm trying to get on video more. But, you know, I think in your world, the time is, it seems like so much, mine too, so much has passed. I think it was like two months ago we were on here. But so much has happened in these last two months that it seems like a year has gone by. And you, more than anybody, you're right in the center of what's happening with the de-dollarization and the fear that is out there amongst the people. Can you talk about the latest developments with de-dollarization? Because I know that India and Malaysia are the latest. She, you know, president of China and Putin got together back March 20th or something and, and told people to de-dollarize ahead of Western sanctions. Can you talk about what is going on? You know, um, I just got back last night from a, a three-day conference where I was speaking at Robert Kiyosaki's event in uh, Arizona. But leading up to that, I did a little research, and I found in one week, within seven days, I don't know, close to 20 things that had happened. And, you know, when I started talking with you about my thesis, which was 2020, um, about the de-dollarization, the Belt Road Initiative, the the burgeoning BRICS countries and, and those wishing to join on to them, and what that really meant, I was kind of the lone voice in the wilderness talking about this. And, 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 and in every video I've done since 2020, the central topic, the central theme has been BRICS, Belt Road Initiative, Shanghai Cooperation Organization, de-dollarization, the loss of the petrol standard, and what this really means. And I titled it back then, A Linear Progression of Events. That's what I would call it, because it was one after another after another in a very methodical, um, orderly fashion. And it's as if things are accelerating so tremendously that what once was easy to keep up with now becomes a daily ritual of trying to find the next domino and the next event and the next piece of this puzzle, this progression of events that is accelerating to the point where now everyone's talking about it, including Fox and CNN, and they think they're onto something. What all of these entities and even the people on my side of the table are missing is what happens when it does happen. We can get to that at the end, but you know, as Mike Adams, your friend calls it operation Sandman. And, uh, but let's talk about just what happened in the last week or so last two weeks, let's call it. So number one, we have Saudi Arabia entered a trade alliance with China, Russia, India, Pakistan, and four set uh, four other Central Asian nations to step further away from the reliance on the U.S. dollar, and this is a continuing theme. But that that's just one of many. You had what a lot of people are talking about, and that is China and France completing the first liquid natural gas trade using yuan instead of dollars. And this is like in the game of Jenga, if you've ever played, it's a, a tower of bricks and you pull one out at a time until the tower falls. 
And I want you to think of things that I mentioned in this respect, one after another, after another keeps getting pulled out. When you see China doing a deal in Yuan, okay, we expect that. That's been happening, but to do it with France. Yeah, is France another. is a big France is a whole nother deal because now we're talking a Western ally versus, you know, the the BRICS nations who are kind of renegades. Right. And when I get to the end of this list, we'll talk a little bit about France, because uh, what France has done here just yesterday or the day before, three days ago, really is very eye opening. I'll get to that in a moment. You had China and Brazil, which is Brazil being the second largest exporter of corn in the world, have agreed to settle their own trades in their own currencies, ditching the U.S. dollar. Right. So. What has made the dollar the world reserve, aside aside from it being the petrodollar, where every country on the planet since 74 has had to own it to accumulate oil, giving it this synthetic demand, is that all of the commodities that would be traded amongst countries have always been settled in dollars. Think of Jenga, another piece, another piece. And when you see Brazil, which is part of the BRICS nations, agree to all trades with China in yuan instead of dollars. It's a massive amount of dollar demand that just disappears. Let's keep on going. Uh, we've talked a lot about it. I mean, I've been talking about this next topic for the last three years, but to see the state Duma deputy, uh, a Russian state Duma deputy uh, chairman come out and say that Brazil, India, China, Russia, South Africa, the BRICS are indeed working and developing a new currency that will be pegged to commodities, once again, validation and verification. We had Saudi Arabia come out and agree with China to build a Chinese oil refinery for 83.7 billion yuan, not in dollars, in yuan. We had one of the big ones that a lot of people were talking about last week, and that was the Kenyan president who signed a deal with Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates to buy oil with Kenyan shillings. But what was even bigger was his, his speech to his country, where he said, and I'm going to paraphrase, and you can Google this, it should scare the shit out of everybody. He said, I am telling the citizens of Kenya, those who hold dollars, to get rid of them because within or you will experience losses i mean i'm paraphrasing his his english isn't very good but if you google president of kenya tells citizens to get rid of dollars it's a couple minute video blow your mind he says i'm telling everyone to get rid of dollars or you'll experience losses because within the next few weeks he says this market will be very different <clears throat> what the hell does that mean i don't know does it mean operation sandman does it mean everyone's going to start dumping dollars? When the president of Kenya, in and of itself, agrees to buy energy from UAE and Saudi Arabia, both of which have been our allies, for Kenyan shillings, that's bad enough. When he stands on a stage and tells everyone to dump dollars or you will have losses because in the next few weeks something bad is going to happen, or rather there will be changes in this market, I think you need to stand up and take notice. There was a meeting for the Association of the Southeast Asian Nations, A-S-E-A-N. 
And that meeting, basically, the whole theme of the meeting is dropping the U.S. dollar, the euro, the yen, and the British pound for local currency financial statements. Now, here again, more and more and more de-dollarization. One of the countries within this group is Indonesia. Their president is Nadutu, or I forgot the name. It's something like that, Nabutu or Nadutu. Well, he came out just a few weeks ago, by the way, and said, look, I don't think the West has thought this through, is more or less what he was saying. He said, because where are all the rare earth metals, the metals that are needed for batteries, electric vehicles and whatnot? They're almost all in the Eurasian continent, in Indonesia, in China, all throughout this area. He is calling for an OPEC-style cartel. By the way, Indonesia is part of OPEC. They're calling for an OPEC-style cartel for rare earth metals as well. So we go right out of the fire into, or right out of the frying pan into the fire. <clears throat> also last week, we see India to settle trade in Indian rupees with certain countries instead of US dollars. Those countries that are having dollar shortages or um, facing currency failure. So you got our ally, India saying, hey, if you're having trouble, we'll trade with you. We'll do it in rupee. Again, another Jenga piece. Now, all of these things I'm telling you have happened within the last 10 days. The Chinese yuan suppress, surpasses the euro to become Brazil's second largest currency in foreign reserves. Jenga piece, out. So the euro, the dollar, these are being usurped by the yuan. They are beginning to remove them from their reserves in terms of what used to be dollar and euro heavy are now moving to the yuan and other currencies to move away from the Western hegemony. Uh, of course, on a, on a separate note, a little bit side note, uh, we found out last week that the U.S., Social Security funds are projected to run out by 2020 or 2033. That's an article in Reuters. That's about 10 days after the 2022 budget came out or, or balance sheet for the U.S. Uh, government came out telling us that Social Security is $76 trillion underfunded. Oh, a trillion seconds ago was 31,688 years so, ago. So let me it's ask you. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's just a farce here. You know, MIT did say that we have until 20, they did an analysis, which nobody talks about anymore, that the whole thing is going to collapse by 2030. That was if things went along the way it was. Now things are accelerating and not going along the way it was. And so now I think it's all been pushed back to 2023. But during the Weimar Republic, what I've been, you know, reading in history is that the people really thought things were pretty okay. You know, things were crappy like they are right now, but not, they didn't, they didn't think it was that bad. It, and their, their culture was, or their society was a lot like the United States back then. And I mean, different, you know, it was history. It was hundred years ago, but they, they just didn't, weren't that worried. This isn't going to happen here in Germany. We're protected and, you know, we're an advanced society. And then within a week, hyperinflation happened and people lost everything. Right. Do you think that could happen here? I do, because people can't get out of the way of what they don't see coming. I mean, how many people could you really have this type of conversation with, Sarah? Uh, you know, you and I find, um, we find it cathartic to be able to talk to our computer screen. 
because the people that are listening to you and to me understand what they understand that this is coming and they're open to listening and they'll get out of the way of it. But most of the people in this country don't see what's barreling down upon them. And that's the scariest thing of all. In fact, if we look at this next piece, to me, it becomes terrifying when you realize that Saudi Arabia just agreed to join the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. Now, at first, as a dialogue partner, that's the first step into becoming a full-fledged member. That group is also a military organization. And you're talking 4 billion people or so between uh, China and Africa that are all part of this military group as well. What do you mean by military so, group? What does that mean? What I mean by... What I mean by that is that they're, this is a group that is not just for business and finance and trade. They're also military. So it's kind of, you could say it's, it's the beginnings perhaps of something like NATO. The Shanghai Cooperation Organization represents close to 60% of human population, about 60% of the Eurasian landmass. And most of the countries that are in the Belt Road Initiative, or rather in BRICS and in the Belt Road Initiative, they're all tying these countries together and they're uniting. And if you realize that Saudi Arabia, the day we left Afghanistan, signed a military agreement with Russia and it now is signing uh, to become a member of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, which is a military organization as well. In other words, similar to a burgeoning NATO, what you have is Saudi Arabia putting the pieces in place in game of chess, and they are now being protected on either side by Russia and China. How easy is it for us to mess with Saudi Arabia when they finally make the declaration of moving away from the dollar as the sole settlement currency, kind of the way that Saddam Hussein and Muammar Gaddafi did? They both said they wanted to sell their oil for euros or gold. Look what happened to them. Their countries were overthrown and they were they were well, removed. Th this is war. I mean, this is, these are, uh, and what are we going to do? War. What are we going to do? Are we going to go to war with China and Russia? Uh, I mean, you, you have to hope that the nuclear option's off the table. So what's the next option? That is the nuclear financial do option. Do you think it's off the table? I mean, I don't even know what's off the table. Well, I mean, guys. unless they want to kill themselves and their own families, um, <laughs> it better be off the I table. Don't know. They have their bunkers. I don't know. Yeah, but they what also good is it living in a bunker? I mean, can I agree with you a hundred percent? Well, I it just gets don't... worse, by the way. It, it's getting worse. Wait till you hear this next one. Uh, this is one that a lot of people aren't talking about. Mexico, our ally to the south, has formally applied to the BRICS nations. Formally applied to the BRICS nations. Now, when you, I want you to put this into into context. Um, you have all of these countries that are joining the BRICS nations, including Saudi Arabia and Egypt and Turkey. These are all our allies, but now, now Mexico has formally applied. And imagine a few years from now, Mexico is deep within the BRICS group. And remember, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, well, they're also a military group as well. Um, they're all intertwining. Can you imagine, though, can you imagine having military bases, BRICS military bases right outside of Texas and the Mexican border station I, I with Chinese even, and, and Russian well, troops? Uh, 
Biden's relationship with the Mexican president is awful, but the Mexican president is better right now than Canada. I mean, Trudeau is a traitor to humanity in comparison to the Mexican president. I, I just, you listen to the way they talk and speak and, okay. Well, so he may be a traitor to humanity. I don't disagree with any of that, but when you talk about the alliances that we that's have right. departing, I, I agree with you. This is a very, 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 very big deal. It is a very big deal. And that's why, I, I mean, I. what is the thinking behind the coup of putting Biden into place to to be as incompetent as possible? Oh, I got an All answer All of this for that. is going down. I got an answer for that. Why would you weaponize the dollar? Why would you weaponize the dollar and think that there are no consequences of that? By weaponizing the U.S. dollar and kicking Russia out of SWIFT, you have awoke the whole world into saying, well, shit, are we next? That's right. It's as if they are intentionally trying to do this. Almost every decision they are making is counterintuitive. They are going green and throwing that in the face of Saudi Arabia when it is the protection of the Saudi kingdom that gives us the world reserve status. So we tell Saudi Arabia, we're going green and in 2030, we're not going to need your oil anymore. And why do you think Saudi Arabia is joining with the BRICS, the Belt Road Initiative, and the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. Those three groups together comprise over 80-85% 80, of human population. That's not going green. Why would we weaponize the dollar? Let's take a step back. We have $31 trillion debt, $76 trillion in unfunded liabilities just in Social Security. Throw in Medicare, Medicaid, government, military pensions, and all of the chaos, the, the money that we have spent we're completely and totally insolvent north to 150 trillion in debt and a trillion seconds ago was 31,688 years ago when they came out and said inflation is Biden or Biden is Putin's fault. I knew I could see the playbook <laughs> right there. Here's the playbook. First of all, if you've ever studied Austrian economics for more than 30 seconds, you know that 100% of the time, inflation is a monetary event, meaning it is an increase in the money supply, period. We've created more money in the last four years than the history of the country preceding it. So it is an inflationary tsunami created by the Federal Reserve. But it's worse they because if everybody's de-dollarizing, creating all that this makes money, it now we don't- exponentially worse. Way That's worse. Yeah, because now they don't need all this dollars. That's correct. So here's the deal. You create all of this inflation, you step on interest rates, which creates distortions in asset prices, which blows up asset prices to the moon irrationally. And then you weaponize the dollar and you kick them out of SWIFT. So now when they realize, well, shit, we're almost 200 trillion in debt, we'll never pay it off. So they could fall on the sword and say, sorry, we made a bad mistake with monetary and fiscal policy. Or it's those sons of bitches. It was Xi Jinping. It was Putin. It was That's OPEC. They now. did it to us by yeah. weaponizing the dollar. They have incentivized the entire world to move away from the West. And it gives a it gives a scapegoat. So and is that it, war? Is that war then? Is that what you're saying? It's I don't know if it's war at this point as much as it is the rest of the world dumping dollars like Mike Adams Operation Sandman. When the dollars are dumped globally, remember, what makes the dollar world reserve? 
Well, it is the fact that the Saudi kingdom and OPEC only accept dollars for oil, but that's changing. You can see this is completely and totally changing. And as it changes, if at that moment, OPEC, after they're entrenched being protected now by China and by Russia and all of these countries that are joining together, if they say, thanks for the memories, we're no longer going to take dollars for oil, we're going to take the new yuan or we're going to take a new settlement currency or the new BRICS currency, which we have already been told will be pegged to commodities like gold. And what is gold? The only other tier one reserve asset that happened in 2019 by the Bank of International Settlements. Do you wonder why last year the central banks bought more gold in any time since 67, the second most in history. And if you look at the January numbers, which just came out, they're up 196% month over month from December. They're doubling down. The central banks are using price suppression to buy up all the gold, which is the only other tier one reserve asset, because when they make that admission, we're done taking dollars and those dollars collapse or, or are dumped globally and they come fl flooding home in a tsunami of inflation and hit our shores. There's way more dollars outside the US than in because everyone's had to own it to buy oil since 74. When they hit our shore and massive inflation, massive inflation, not what we're seeing right now, creates a byproduct of massive increase in, in interest rates to compensate for that. Not, not the pussyfooting that Powell's doing, but real spike in interest rates to compensate for this inflation. Yeah, Stocks, bonds, and real estate, bang, collapse. It's the Great Reset. Dollars, stocks, bonds, and real estate. So what are we going to? What We're happens? Gonna, I mean, are they just the rest of the reset. world just killing us? Okay, is the rest of the world just grouping together to take us down? Or are the globalists purposely with them taking us down to do the reset? What What's happening? Well, maybe, maybe even the globalist agenda is falling short. If you remember back in July... Governments of France and, and the United Arab, um, um, well, let, let me say this again. France has always been on our side, whether it be with sanctions or standing up to Russia or whatever it may be. Back in July, things started to get a little shaky when France and the UAE signed a, an agreement for cooperation in the energy sector. And that kind of opened my eyes like, wow, is, Fran is France bre breaking ranks? And um, um, Macron was just in China just last week. And as he left, as the day, the last day he was leaving um, China, he announced a 51 point declaration, joint declaration. Uh, in efforts to work with China, ranging from 5G to military engagement. They also said as part of the deals that no commitment from China to use its influence to end the Ukrainian war was agreed to. We're not going to make China use its influence to stop the Ukrainian war because they've become close with Russia uh, in this deal. And if you go back just a few days ago, as I mentioned, the Shanghai Petroleum and natural gas exchange, they made history by announcing the first ever deal on, a port on importing 65,000 tons of liquefied natural gas from the UAE. It was settled in the Chinese Yuan, but it was brokered through the French Total Energies Corporation. 
France is involved in settling this trade in yuan instead of dollars. And it represents a massive departure from the decades-long practice of using dollars uh, in, in energy sales exclusively. And what's interesting about this is that, you know, this is a departure. Macron would typically not do these things without dealing with the U United States first, without talking to them about it. Just made this 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 admission, and um, that's a big deal. I mean, they it's also a huge have deal. They, they also have all those people in the streets, which they claim it's for retirement, and I think that's that's bull BS. It's maybe putting a little bit of fire on the you know flames, but it's um, well. Listen to what else he said. This is just two days ago. Europe must reduce its dependency on the United States and avoid getting dragged into That's a confrontation right. between China That's what's going uh, on. and time over Taiwan. They, um, they don't want to be part of NATO. They don't. Now, here's no. a question for you. Are they realizing, the rest of the world realizing the power base is shifting, so it's a bunch of rats jumping off the ship, real, realigning with where the yes. power is moving? and. They, but they knew this because they've been planning it. We've been talking about it since 2018 when the other group came aboard. Right. They they knew this. They've been planning it. They've been waiting to jump at the right times. Biden being put in place as the patsy to being the fall guy of the whole destruction of the United States. I mean, and it, of the whole system and of that's the whole right. system. So he's actually there was a coup, but. But Trump wouldn't want to be there during this period either. No one want. They used an idiot, a useful idiot, to be up there, propped up while the whole thing goes down. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. Um, and he he also said that some he says in the European uh, zone have complained about the weaponization of the dollar by Washington, which forces European companies to give up business and cut ties with third countries or face crippling secondary sanctions. Now here, this is really crazy. This was all written about in Politico. And the disclosure at the end of this article is really crazy. The, 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 the disclosure indicates that Macron had much harsher words for the U.S., but they've been cut out of the story. Let me read this to you. As is common in France and many other European countries, the president's office, known as Elise Palis, insisted on checking and proofreading all the president's quotes to be published in this article as a condition of granting the interview. This violates Politico's editorial standards and policy, but we agreed to the terms in order to speak directly with the French president. Politico insisted that it cannot deceive its readers and would not publish anything the president did not say. The quotes in this article were all actually said by the president. However, some parts of the interview in which the president spoke even more frankly about Taiwan and Europe's strategic autonomy were cut out by the elites. It is one thing when China or Saudi Arabia decides they no longer want to play ball, Sarah, with the United States. It is completely another when Macron That's right. visits China. And before his plane even lands, he's emphasizing the country's desire to decrease its reliance on the United States. So this is scary as hell. That means that the dominoes are falling faster. It means that our Western allies are just waiting to see when they're going to jump off the ship. And it's going to happen uh, quickly. But what do we do? Because, I mean, I... I uh, the globalists losing, 
these guys are winning or are they the same bunch or, or, you know, what, what's really going on? There won't it's be. It's almost like, like it's, it's our allies are leaving. You got, you got France who's angry and is erring on the side of China. You got the German relations under stress due to the, to the war and, and the energy. And, that's right. you know, when we, did we blow up the pipeline? If so, what does that mean we, to we Germany? Did. Uh, yep. You got Mexico leaving. There's rumors that Japan is going to join BRICS, that Austra Australia, New Zealand they all are going to join BRICS. They're going to. They're, yes. They so all what are. what does that mean? We are going to be isolated. It's going to be us in the UK and a couple of other countries that don't jump ship until they all jump ship. What does it really mean? It's, it, it's, it's a very, very, very big deal. And it's, this is the war. I mean, is. come on. This it's is the war. Be, you can see how it's going to be fought. It's not going to be fought with nuclear warheads. That's the threat. But they are destroying from the inside out the game of Jenga. They keep pulling out pieces. That's right. Well, that's almost when the, but we are being destroyed from the inside out for so many other reasons. Well, you plus, can look at what's happening on the inside. We're and extremely then, ignorant. I mean, but, I, like you were saying at the beginning, so I, you enjoy these conversations because you can actually talk to somebody who is like following, trying to understand it. The majority of the people are going, this is going to, I was just telling my son this morning, this is going to happen and the they won't even know what's going on. It's going to be a very frightful situation. Well, and and I'll tell you what's going on inside the, the shores here, or inside our borders. You have, you know, when, when Signature Bank and, and Silicon Valley Bank collapsed, um, this was a very big deal. Now, I listened to Jim Rickards. And Jim Rickards said, I, I spoke at Kiyosaki's event the other day, and Jim Rickards was a guest there, and he said that the government is doing all they can to get rid of the crypto market also. That's right. That yep. They're trying to close the doors. And his reasoning for that was fascinating, and no one's talked about this. He said Signature Bank had a lot of the, the exposure to the crypto market, and they collapsed. The day after they collapsed was a lifeline where the Fed came out and said, fine, all of these bonds that you guys hold, we'll take it from you and, and you, we'll give you a loan and you can value them at, at par. We'll pay you 100 cents on the dollar for them. You don't have to mark them to market. If they would have waited one day and not let them fail and told them that, it would have been, um, the bank would still be here. Um, so the banking problem is just beginning. And when you have Janet Yellen, who was being grilled by the Oklahoma representative on, on the House subcommittee inquiry a few weeks ago, and he says to her, Madam Secretary, you just bailed out Signature Bank and Silicon Valley Bank. Am I to understand if one of my regional banks in Oklahoma failed? By the way, Sarah, the regional banks, there's 5,000 of them. They comprise 70% of all the small business loans, the majority of all the commercial real estate loans. Also in this country, small businesses represent 40% of GDP. Right. Yep. She's lit a fuse under them because he says, if one of them fails, will all of the banks in Oklahoma be made whole if, if any of them fail? And she says, no. She says it has to be an uber majority of the FOMC, which is the Fed, the FDIC, myself and the president. And to determine if they're systemically important enough. So if you have a small business in, the, in middle America, in Minnesota, Nebraska, you're a farmer in Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, any of these states where you're dealing with regional banks, you're not dealing with the big banks. These are banks where 
business loans were made on on relationships. I've known your family forever. I'll see you at the Little League game tonight. This is not a about balance sheet and business plan. It's relationships. And if you have $5 million in that bank account, plus your retirement account, plus all of your savings accounts, are you going to leave your money in a bank that you were just told will not be bailed out unless it's systemic enough? Hell no. You're going to no, yank that money out right. and send it to a handful so of commercial banks or someone like me. Everything inside the country is now becoming in, unstable. Well, and there so was over 500 bankers that heads of banks that, that wrote a letter saying the CBDCs is awful. I mean, it'll destroy banking. That's all happening, but that's what they want to do, right? Well, there's a very interesting story. You have to kind of think outside the box here. And of anyone who can think outside the box, it's you and your listeners. Um, so there's a gal, her name is Lael Brainerd. Now, Lael used to work at the Treasury, and then she went to the Federal Reserve. Now, she ran for Fed governor, for the head of the Federal Reserve. And I thought she was going to win, and I publicly said that, because I didn't think that Biden would want to reappoint Powell, who was a Trump appointee. But they reappointed Powell, and they made Lael Brainerd the vice chair of the Federal Reserve. Uh, she just left the Federal Reserve and went to head up the one of the economic advisory committees for the for the president. She's at the White House, so follow the follow the the lineage first at the Treasury, then at the Fed, and now at the White House. When she ran for Fed chair, I read her her thesis, and her thesis is modern monetary theory and the abolishment of the commercial banks, where a central bank digital currency goes directly from the Fed. Now follow this. So she was at the Treasury, then at the Fed, now at the White House. Now let's watch how this could all play together. You light a fuse under the 5,000 regional banks, right? You let a couple fail, bail them out, tell the world, no, we're not going to bail these out unless they're systemic enough. Freak everyone out. FDIC is a scam. Light a fuse under those banks and say, no, they won't be bailed out. All of those people, last week, $1 trillion left the banking system. $1 trillion yes. left the regional banks into the big banks. Why? They set the, they set the money market rates at, at, at Morgan Stanley and, and JP Morgan and Citi way higher than, the, than the, the CDs, right? So everyone's pulling their money out of the banks, which are systemically risky, and moving them over to the handful of commercial banks into their money market accounts, which are paying a higher yield and won't be, um, won't collapse. They'll be bailed out. They're too big to fail, right? That's what they're telling us. So you leave the ones that won't be bailed out. You go to the ones that will, that pay a higher rate now. follow. But they later. won't, they won't, you got to keep continuing, but there won't, you know, I had Ellen Brown on talking about, they don't, the FDIC, and they don't even have enough money to bail all these people out. So that's No, BS they don't. The FDIC the has $125 billion. Yeah. It's in, not going to happen. Yeah. No, but it, the Fed will, but follow the lineage. So you freak everyone out, get them out of the, the first step would be to blow up the regional banks. And they're doing that. People leave, force them all into a handful of commercial banks. Now, what was Lael Brainerd's thesis? Abolishing the commercial banks. 
Well, if you have everyone in the commercial banks, how about you let those blow up or one or two of them? And they're so systemically tied together. God knows what happens when one goes down 50 plus trillion dollars in derivatives for JP Morgan. Who's the counterparty on that? Goldman City. I mean, all of these banks. That's why they had to bail out Credit Suisse. That's why the Fed had to give the Swiss Bank Corporation a $20 billion loan a few weeks ago. No one talks about. They're the second biggest bank in the world. They're all tied together. So first you blow up the, the regional banks, get everyone penned and heard into a oh, small that's bank. awful. Bang, you blow those up. What happens? Here's the CBDC. We'll make you whole. Everyone will be begging for it. So and, they, they herd the sheep. They're herding the sheep where they want. And then they... Yes. So, <laughs> so you blow, I up, I you blow up everything on the outside. You blow up everything on the inside. It's the Great Reset. Okay. So that and 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 if you don't take our CBDC, then you will lose everything. You have and nothing. So You've already lost it all. It's gone. If so you don't take the CBDC, yeah. you're screwed. You won't eat tomorrow night. And will will they replenish people's assets with the CBDC? That would be the idea. Because if we they didn't, so then bad people for would you. move. Yes. Yeah. We feel yeah. so bad. That's right. And it's much easier to do it if it's all centrally located. It's another thing if they're in 5,000 banks around the country. So if, if you do this, and I would venture to say that within the next few months, you'll see more, 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 more of these regional banks drop. So and, what is our, go sorry? I was going to say, I was going to ask people, you, what do we do? I mean, this is, they're, they're cornering us into losing our freedom because the CBDC is horrifying. Anybody that has a brain that looks into what the CBDCs are there, that's complete control of everything in your life. And right? it's, it's horrifying. I mean, they're, they will be able to cut you off from being able to eat from being able to work, from being able to do anything with this. I mean, it's it's incredible. Well, what, think what about you, Sarah. Think about you. You're a prime example. I guess I am too. But look at what you've had to deal with. We were talking offline over the last three years from, from being, you know. That's right. Cut off from everything. They, they cut you off, right? Uh, from YouTube and from GoDaddy and all these, these places. Well, what if the government doesn't like what you're saying. That's right. And, you know, it is frightening. Now, it's, it's, there's two different motivations here. On one hand, the government likes the ability to monitor and, and track everything, which in and of itself is terrifying. The Federal Reserve likes the ability to enact monetary policy directly to our iPhones. And, and so the Fed is happy. They don't have to deal with dealing with the commercial banks. And Without getting too deep into economics, when money is created, it's not by the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve buys bonds from the commercial banks who buy them from the Treasury, and the, the banks are obliged to sell them to the Fed when they come calling. Once the Fed gives the money to the commercial banks, the, the banks can lend it into existence. Credit card, home equity loan, mortgage, student payment, car loan, you name it. But all it. that goes away then. So what happens? Uh, when, when they lend the money into existence, now it's money. So- when that, when you are given a loan, that is now freshly created money on the on the ledger on the balance sheet. Um, if not, if they don't, 
then they take that money and they have to give it back to the Fed in a reserve account. That's when. Yeah, it but goes. if they blow up all the commercial banks, there's no longer that activity. That's why the the bankers. That's all right, this letter, and they don't so. want to have to be reliant on the banks to do that. Because, they want to do it directly. They want right. to give loans directly. But now you got rid of all these relationships. You got rid of all the community development. You got rid of it, it is like the most naive, horrible thing to get rid of the whole grassroots but economic Sarah, look at engine. This whole, look at the public in this country. You could say that describes the public in this country. Naive. And, you know, it's it's frightening how dumbed down this country has become. Look at the fight that you and I have to to go through to get the information out. I know it's and, incredible. And, so what and do we most do? Most people would think you and I are crazy. They do, yet, <laughs> but but you and I are but not. We crazy. Oh, we. I was just talking about this on a show the other day that we have no choice but to put this burden on our shoulders and keep trunching forward because with if we don't do this, it's going to be that much worse. And I. We don't have a choice. Okay, laugh at me, think I'm crazy, I don't care. But what we're facing is is too awful. We have to keep continuing. So what do we do? You de-dollarize, like the biggest money in the world is doing. And, you know, I own a metals company, and I talk about the virtues of buying precious metals. And some people will watch this and say, yeah, well, he's just saying that. You tell me. Where the hell do you put your money in this environment? If I'm right and the world simultaneously dumps dollars, and they will, you can see that the formations and the alliances, both military, economically, they're all being put together right now. And you can see it's happening. So what happens when, when that happens? Um, it's a horrifying experience because... Everything in this country that makes people feel wealthy is inversely correlated to a spike in interest rates, not a quarter percent or a half a percent. But I'm talking what would what would happen to the real estate in the bond market if interest rates spiked by 10 percent overnight or 20 percent because the whole world dumped dollars because they don't need them anymore because they're going to take another settlement currency for oil. Remember, it is the the demand for the dollar has been fostered by the fact that every country has to own them to to buy, buy oil. And if that changes and every country dumps dollars, sells them and buys renminbi or buys yuan or buys gold or rupee or ruble or the new BRICS currency or whatever the hell it is, like this bang, they all flood home. And that inflation will be hyperinflation. That tsunami of inflation will spike interest rates to the moon. And the inverse correlation to assets that have been blown sky high disproportionately because of suppressed interest rates. Those distortions, those misallocations of capital and resources will blow it all up. And everything that, that people have in their portfolio that makes them feel wealthy is gone because it all collapses. It's so like what the do Weimar Republic. Do? Yeah, what do we do? You buy gold and silver, period. And I don't know what else to say to you. I don't. What, why are the central banks buying as much as they are? Why are the exchanges being bled down and using suppression on COMEX to do it? Well, people say, well, if that's true, Andy, well, wh why isn't the market going higher? Well, it has been going higher, but the reason it's been held down is exactly this reason. The biggest money in the world is suppressing the prices on the Western exchanges. And they do that very easily. 
if I want to buy a hundred ounce gold contract on Comex, we do it every day to, to hedge our, our inventory. Right now, all I need to do is have just over $7,000 in my margin account in order to buy a hundred ounce gold contract. And that's just in the margin account. The trade is just a few bucks. So what if I'm a, a central bank with 500 million in my margin account? I can create any environment of, of reality I want. So I short the hell out of the price of gold and silver, drive it way down, and then gobble up all the physical all over the world. That's no right. They're looking. doing, they're, they're purposely suppressing the prices so they can buy. So this is actually, it's a gift to all of us right now That's to buy. That's right. It is but, a gift. But let me ask you, when what should it be valued at? Based on all your experience, I mean, the, the, the supply, it's not going up based on how many people are buying. I mean, it's incredible how many people are buying and what's happening. Where should these prices be at based on a normal, I don't even know if you ever get to a normal market, but to a relatively normal market? Much, 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 much higher. And it will happen on a Sunday night. You'll wake up Monday morning to a new that's reality. Right. That and that's why I'm you are seeing there, there's a Moscow exchange. That's that's new. It's opening. There's the Shanghai Gold Exchange. There's the exchange in Dubai. These exchanges are going to take over for the fraudulent COMEX and the LBMA. When the Moscow exchange was formed recently, it was done so publicly by the, the Russian finance ministers to challenge the fraudulent Western prices. So they suppress it, they gobble everything up, and then they will paper over those shorts. And do you think it's they're going to be better? Because you say they're going to clean up the fraud or whatever. Do you think they're going to be better than, I mean, obviously we have, what's happening here is so bad. I mean, those of us who've been watching, the fraud is, is and how many people, some people think that Russia is going to come in and liberal, you know, liberate people. I'm very concerned because I, I do think there's a, there's, you know, your enemy is your friend when, when you have the same enemies, but you got to turn around and, as soon as that enemy's gone, now we have the enemy. I do. A, Let me tell you yeah. how they do it. Let me tell you how they do it. Um, the Belt Road Initiative, which is the largest infrastructure project in human history, most of it's settling on the digital yuan. The digital yuan was used at the Beijing Olympics. They've done close to 30 billion in successful transactions. Zoltan Pozar, the former... Um, repo market guru for the New York Fed, and I works at UBS, he calls what we are entering into Bretton Woods 3. Bretton Woods 1 was in the end of World War II, 1944, when the dollar was anointed world reserve currency at Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. Informally, Bretton Woods 2 would have been after the dollar, we closed the gold window in 71, and uh, and the petro standard, and 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 it was an informal Bretton Woods two. He calls it that. Bretton Woods three would be a system based upon commodities and transparency. Where do you get the transparency? I will tell you where you get the transparency. You use blockchain technology, the rails of the new digital yuan. This is how the BRICS are going to issue a gold-backed currency or a commoditized-backed currency. If they already told us it's coming, a reserve currency, you use the rails of the digital yuan, which have a four-year beta test, which works. And you show the whole world, all of the commodities. Remember, what's the only other tier one reserve asset in the world? Oh yeah, gold. What have the central banks been buying more of than at any time in the last 60 years? Oh yeah, 
Go yeah, because they seem they know they're planning for this. They know yes. that they're going to go on here. That's what you're saying is the they're actions gonna issue are it and so peg it. glaringly obvious that they're going to go on the digital one like everybody else. And but they will show the backing of it to the world, and they'll do it right. Look, they're going to do this right. So much so, you said my enemy's enemy. China just brokered a deal, a peace deal between. Sunni and Shiite between Iran and Saudi Arabia. They're so putting trust, embassies in, in trust, each other's countries. So you trust that China is, and Russia and all these other guys are doing something that is a benefit for humanity going forward and that they will not be, you know, because they have the Chinese Communist Party, but that's not Russia. That's not Brazil. That's not India. They have their own issues and their own things. But the Chinese Communist Party is just in China. But you trust that this will be a worldwide thing where we can flourish again and they won't come and just put a boot on our neck. It's not us flourishing. It's them, everyone else. We're not part of this party. We're the yes, bully. We're the bully. They're, but are they going to put a, bull, not, you know, a big boot on our neck or will the people of the U.S. like us be able to flourish? Or do, do they all think that most of the U.S. citizens deserve to suffer because they're ignorant and stupid and i don't think they're they're not thinking about the u.s citizens they're thinking about them they've been under the western suppression for centuries not just the u.s but european what the what the revenge will be will we suffer for decades because they are pissed yes or will we be able to dig out of this and have a our own flourishing or will we be we will be here's how we dig out of it the International Monetary Fund about two months ago, which is kind of the Western BRICS, if you will, um, they published a report. The U.S. has veto power in the IMF, and you know they're, this is the Western side of things. And they came out and said, the report says, gold in international reserve, question mark, a barbarous relic no more. And... I believe that in order for us to stand up, we will issue a CBDC also pegged to gold. It is the only way. Now, why would they have made gold a tier one reserve asset? Why are the central banks buying the crap out of it? Why? Because it will be, it will be the clarity in a system where no one trusts anybody. How do you do that? You have a distributed ledger, a blockchain, an immutable blockchain. You show what every country pegged. You have it held in vaults that are audited by the big three or whoever you do it, you have to do it right. And you can see by the, the fences that are being mended. Um, this is about mutual cooperation and benefit to all of these countries who are standing up to the Western hegemony. You see this as a positive thing long term. We might suffer for a while. I don't see it as a grow. positive thing at all. I see it as a frightening as shit thing. It's positive. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm scared. They see it as positive. We don't. We're not. We're the ones who are going to end up on the short end of the stick. What I'm saying to you is I believe that this was engineered. I believe they said there's no by way out. By our people, too. By okay. our people. Our That's people. That's Yes. We engineered it by weaponizing the dollar. First, by blowing up all assets, by stepping on interest rates and flooding the market with money. Why would we weapon? Why would we engineer our own demise? Because we are so far indebted, we can never get out. But okay, but what benefit would that be to weaponize our own demise to the the few thousand who are behind this? 
what because do they you, see? because they are because they are the scapegoat you have one of two options when you're indebted as we are it's either inflate or default and and either way the the fed they're going to be you know dragged out into the street and hung it was their fault they did this to us no instead we find a villain and the villain is opec and xi jinping and russia they are finding a scapegoat it, okay it, so they just there's just they're they're buying themselves time to deal with their own assets to switch over buy all the gold get themselves positioned because they know this is going to collapse. They're blaming somebody else so that they're not at fault. And then they they're come still in on a new sitting CBDC. with wealth. Yes. Then they come out with a new CBDC. They have complete control over everybody. Plus they're secured with West, with their Eastern um, assets and their gold and silver. They're still in power, at least over their small little empire. And it'll almost be like an isolated China was. Yes. It, that's that's pretty much it because there's no other way out of the quandary where we find ourselves in a trillion seconds ago was 31,688 years ago. It's $76 trillion underfunded in social security alone. And so How do you pay okay. it back? You don't. So you then the can. people of the United States will just be happily ignorant thinking that, I mean, cause they just won't get it. Sarah, aren't so they they'll already? think what aren't they already? Well, yeah. So they'll continually be, They'll be sheeped into this. They'll be sheeped into the CBDC. They'll be completely controlled. Nothing. They'll. They'll. They're already so dumbed down. A lot of people. They'll keep depopulating. Right. They don't want all these people. So, but they'll be kept ignorant, not even knowing what's going on. Is that if you're so bad? That's, but that's pretty it? much it. That's pretty much it. it. It's better than being blamed for destroying everything that's good in this country. Now you can blame them, and that's the truth of it. And, and I then think we will become this weirdo China, you know, where the whole world's bad and we're going to be isolated. Pretty much. And when you see Japan, France, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, all start talking and acting as if they are going to Mexico just formally applied. Japan is talking about Japan holds one trillion of our treasuries. If they apply and dump treasuries, what does that mean? If China dumps a million, a trillion in treasuries, they have also. What does that mean? What does that do? Who's the scapegoat? Who's the victim? What happens? And when you realize we have we have indebted ourselves so far down the line, there's no way back. We could never pay off these these obligations. And, and as rates rise, it gets even worse. So they have, in my opinion, come to the realization that either we fall on the sword or find a villain because there's no way out. And that's the, the real truth, because, look, in the past three weeks, we've erased two thirds of eight months worth of quantitative tightening or 11 months worth of quantitative tightening in three weeks. We've added over 400 billion back to quantitative uh, easing. So we're, we can't ever normalize the balance sheet just by doing what they did almost blew up the whole global banking system. So it's either inflate or die. So if you're these countries like China or, or, or Saudi Arabia, why would you want to sell us anything you're producing, you whether it be you party favors or oil for an inflated currency? You, you're seeing a dying country and everybody's jumping ship, a dying empire, and they just want out. It, this is the this makes the most sense to me because I've been trying to struggle with some of these in it, these actions that make absolutely no sense. That's the whole idea. It makes yeah. no sense. But that's the reason because you are it's only incentivizing for... everyone to jump ship and then you have a scapegoat. You're doing things that are not good for you. 
it's only good for a small percentage of people. And, and so the actions don't make, they're irrational. It makes no sense because the backdrop is also depopulation and all these other awful things. So the actions make no sense until you look at what the, what these top only percentage of, you know, the small per, couple thousand people, what they benefit. That's what I've been trying to get off, get to for many, this makes the most sense. So I appreciate this conversation I mean, a lot. There, I hope my no listeners out of do this, too. Sarah, there, the, it's, this is one of these deals, you know, what are our options? Well, here we can get to where we need to get to the new CBDC, to the reset, and at least we have a villain we can point to. And I think that's what they're doing. It's just keeping people appeased while they go off into the sunset with setting up their families and their situation and own power. And that's what everyone needs to do. Gold and silver are not an investment. It is wealth that has outlived everything the world's ever thrown at it. And the most sophisticated money in the world not only is draining the exchanges and have been for two years, the others that we've been talking about, the central banks that we've just been talking about, the commercial banks. Well, let's go ahead. No, I mean, it, it's, it's, this is, it is, it is the only is, way to protect yourself right this now. This is what's going on. But let's, let's talk about the IRAs because, you know, my husband has an IRA that's sitting in there and I'm like, oh, I really think you need to be moving this sucker to uh, gold. And so it's not huge. It's, it's a smaller one, but we, cause we have things all over, but this is one that is really at risk. And I, I'm like, and if it was big, I'd still be saying, uh, you got to do something with this, but we're sitting with this IRA. How do we shift I, our IRA to gold and silver and still, and not have, cause you guys, you guys have gold and silver IRAs, right? Um, so we do, we do. And it's a great plan. Uh, there are several custodians in the country that allow it. The one that I have the greatest success with is new direction in Louisville, Colorado. Their website is N is in new D is in direction, T is in trust, CO as in company.com, NDTCO. You roll over your IRA in the new direction, and then you contact me. We'll fill it with gold and silver. Uh, it's held at a depository of your choice. There's about 12 you can choose from. I'll recommend the ones that I like best that physically segregate it in your name. But the key to the whole IRA, Sarah, is the ability to distribute it in kind. You wake up one day, your husband doesn't says, you know, I don't like what I see coming. You could distribute all of it. It's a taxable event. They send it to you. You go pick it up at the depository. It is a, it is a backdoor to taking the metal being held for you. If you decide to, whether it be through a liquidation or distribution, but it is a taxable event. Who cares if you have the ability to distribute it in metal in kind whether it be a required minimum distribution or any distribution or liquidation, you can pull the metal out. I love it. I think it's a great idea. And especially well, you still if- have the assets. I mean, even if you don't pull it out and things get reestablished, you have the assets. Yes. That's right. Regardless of what you do, you could pull it out in case you're total you're hose and you can't eat, or you have the assets there for whatever you need. You're it's the kind of the best of both worlds. Correct. Correct. Um, so I, I think it's great. I would, any questions, you can send us an email at info at milesfranklin.com. Our new website's done. Uh, we are integrating a little bit of tax software right now, which is going to take 10 days or so a week. 
there's still a few con- a few states in this stupid uh, these stupid states that are charging sales tax on gold. A few of them, although many of them have uh, pending legislation to remove it. Uh, and in particular, when you have states like Texas, Wyoming, Missouri, Kansas, Alaska, Idaho that are actually implementing legislation to use gold and silver not only in the state treasury but also to be used for all debts public and private there's an awakening going on to the idiocy of our of our brain dead monetary policy the federal reserve and there are some people thankfully that are awoken to this even legislatures so but until then whether you want uh, info on the um the workings of the IRAs or a current price list, we will not be undersold. Uh, send us an email, info at Miles Franklin. Say Sarah sent me, and we will answer those questions. And Precious Metals IRA, especially if you're old enough to be in the distribution phase or near it, it's a really good program to fill it with gold and silver, start taking distributions, get it in your own hands if you want. Um, if not, if you don't want to hold it, you still, like you said, are holding the only asset that every central bank on the planet is accumulating right now in a time when being in dollars is very dangerous if this trend continues. And it's not only continuing, it's accelerating. But but it's it's insurance. Okay, let's say the trend doesn't continue, which we know it will, but let's say it doesn't. Let's say we're, we are a bunch of nut jobs. Well, now you're safe. It was, at least it's safe. You didn't lose it. You anything. can always sell it and redeploy it. That, I mean, it, buy it, Apple it, stock, whatever you want. Yes, I think it's really, impo- it. I think it's really important. Okay, can you repeat? Like, what do we do? Okay, we have our IRA. We want to move it. Uh, I mean, we're really serious. Over. We've been talking about this last couple of days. We need to move this thing. So yeah, you do what a do tax-free do? rollover into New Direction Trust Company, NDTCO.com. And that's the one we should do, NTCO.com. NDTCO, New Direction Trust Company. N is in New, D is in Direction, T is in TrustCO.com. Roll over tax free, then it's there. Call me, and I'll fill the whole darn thing with whatever you want in gold and silver. We'll send the metal to a depository. You're set. Oh, you wake up, you want it, it's yours. That's it. That's the process. No, but how long? How long does it take the roll? If you jump on it quickly and you transfer cash, not securities, so you sell your your stocks within your IRA and transfer cash, it shouldn't take more than a week. Because we have a money market account that there that it is, is that's cash filled at this point. Now we're sitting with cash, right? Um, so a lot of people have stocks, they're gonna have to convert it, then do it. So it'll take about a week, a week for it to get for the whole process, or a week before once you the funds start. are over there. Then you call me, I'll lock in the order. And you know, once the order is locked in and the metal is has been confirmed, you're done. May not get it's gonna take a few more weeks for everything sure. to get into the vault yeah. and you have paperwork. But we're living on borrowed time. So, I mean, I think you do it as fast as you can, and we will work really hard to get it done quickly for you. The first step is moving it over into one of the handful of custodians. There are more than New Direction. There's Equity. There's there's Gold Star. I mean, there's, there's a handful of IRA custodians. They're the ones I'm most comfortable working with. And they're in Louisville, Colorado. But once you move that over, the rest is easy. We'll do that for you. And the ability to take possession trumps anything else. Whether you do or not, knowing you can, to me, is what makes it special. Well, and people just, if we get into that situation where we can't eat, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but you don't know. You don't want to lose your house. You want to be able to eat. You want to be able to just maintain the basics. You might need this. That's the idea. 
Yeah. Okay, Andy, you are the best. I love having you on. Sarah, you so you're my much. favorite too. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. This. Thank you. I do need to run. I, it, it's Sarah, it's so we've added 12,000 clients in 30 days. I, I know you're so busy. I'm my just head is you're exploding. I, it's hard for me even to focus these days. I'm already 10 minutes late for a meeting with my attorney, but I just want you to know that you're very important to me. I look forward to coming to your next online event here in the next few weeks. And, um, thanks for, for sticking with me and having me here and, and, uh, and, and, and walking through this with me like you have for the last three years. And it means a lot to me. And, and uh, we love working with your people. So info at milesfranklin.com if you want IRA information, price information, or, or general questions. And I will look very forward to picking up where we left off real soon. Thanks, Andy. Take care. Stay and well, my friend. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye, Sarah.